six. Just want to bring you to a, a small passage here and um, bring you a few thoughts. I don't intend to be long tonight, but you know how that is with preachers. So, uh, but uh, we're in Mark chapter six. Let's look together in verse number one, and let's pray together before we uh, begin our reading tonight. Lord, I pray again that you would meet together with us, give us um, understanding from your word. Lord, I pray that you'd fill me with your Holy Spirit. May I say only what you'd have for me to say. And Lord, we ask for your blessing on this service. Lord, may you, uh, in the midst of your glory being given, Lord, may you challenge us and uh, convict us. Uh, Lord, may you work in our lives. Lord, may your Holy Spirit move freely, uh, keep Satan and, and uh, uh, the distractions that he would bring away from our hearts and our minds. And uh, Lord, we pray that uh, you would even prepare us as we would step into this coming week. Lord, we ask and pray all this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Mark chapter number 6, let's look together, verse 1. The Bible says, And he went out from thence, and came into his own country, and his disciples follow him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue. Many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, and uh, Joseph, the, and, uh, and of Judah, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country, and among his own kin, in his own, and in his own house. And he could there do no mighty work, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. I want you to notice uh, with me uh, that he's, here's Jesus in his own country, that being Nazareth. And uh, we kind of get this picture. There's uh, what was, for some, last had seen Jesus as uh, but a young boy or as a young man. And now he's a grown man and he comes back in the position as that of a rabbi uh, that is a teacher. And he has fellow disciples that are following him. And rather than receiving really any respect or honor for uh, where that God the Father, God himself, had brought Jesus at this time in his life, there was uh, quite the opposite uh, a, um, a, a negative response to his presence of even being there. And the Bible says in verse number 5, And he, that being Jesus, could there do no mighty work. And in verse 6, the Bible tells us why. Because of their unbelief. Because of their unbelief. I want you to consider tonight with me, just in these short moments, um, the, the response that the people of Nazareth had to God. You know, we all have a different response to God. Uh, when God speaks to you, how do you respond? Uh, when God uh, speaks to you in your devotions, do you respond? When God speaks to you through preaching, do you respond? Uh, do you have a proper response to God? And I say to you, we all have different responses. I think the obvious goes without saying we can respond with receiving or we can respond in the very same way that of the people of Nazareth did. Notice with me how they responded first with astonishment. They responded with astonishment in verse number 2. The word astonished means to be struck by a blow. And so they, uh, you know, there was a, uh, an instance um, of hearing and seeing who Jesus was. And, and that caused a response. But um, it, was, it was not a response of, um, uh, as they should have had. The Bible tells us that um, that word astonished in very many ways 
And I believe we see in this passage it can be the very same response that we can have and should have, truthfully, toward the Word of God. Um, you know, I've, I've once uh, heard someone describe, you know, well, preaching, I just feel like I'm being beat up, or I'm always getting my toes stepped on. Uh, well, there is a sense of uh, when the Word of God is preached, when the Word of God is read, when the Word of God is, is um, uh, digested, so to speak, in our, in our, in our life, um, if there's not a response to the working of God in your life and that conviction of the Holy Spirit and that, uh, that probing of God in your life, uh, that's the, you're, you're not letting God do the mighty work. I wonder how many times do we um, hinder the work of God from going forward as a result of an improper response. The Bible tells us they were astonished. What were they astonished at? Verse 2, the Word of God says, of his wisdom. They were all amazed at his knowledge of spiritual things. Uh, you know, when we consider that which comes from God and the Word of God, uh, what great wisdom there is found in God's Word. Uh, but does it produce a response of astonishment? Wow, look at what God has for me. Well, I'm, I'm going to willingly receive this was not a willingly received response, although the astonished was that first part. And truthfully, for any person hearing the word of God, they either go one of two ways. If, it doesn't, if, it's, if it's listened to and heard, if God's word is listened and heard, there's either a blow response of, a struck with a blow response of, I'm going to do what God would have for me to do, or I want nothing to do with it. How many times God uh, is just simply waiting at the door and we only but open enough to turn around and slam it back in his face. What is our, what is our response to God like? They were, they were amazed at his wisdom. Does the wisdom of God's word amaze you? Uh, we don't hear, physically hear Jesus speaking today, uh, but we have his word and we read the words of Jesus. Does it bring such a, a, the same response to you? Um, again, let us not conclude that the word of God is simply and only preaching, uh, but... <laughs> If we're to be honest with ourselves, sometimes the only uh, real time that we spend in God's Word is when we do hear preaching. I hope that that's not the case. But for some believers, that is. And, uh, and by the way, for some pastors and preachers, that is also. Uh, that the only uh, level of Bible content, knowledge, let alone reading, comes from the sermon preparation. It should not be. Do we let God uh, speak to us, and then in the same way, do we respond to His Word when He does? The Bible tells us in verse 2 they were uh, astonished at his wisdom, but also at his mighty works. At his mighty works. They were amazed at what God could do. Undoubtedly, maybe they've even heard some of his reputation. And, uh, you know, it should cause us to come back and ask ourselves, does the work of God and even the very person of God and all that God is and all that God has for us in his word, uh, does, does that amaze you? At what at the very reality, by faith of believing what God can do. This, is, this was, we see at first, it would seem, wow, they're responding with astonishment. They're amazed at who he is and all that he can do. But, but you know, even the devil himself recognizes who Jesus is. He acknowledges who God and what God can do. And what I'm saying is, is even the unbeliever can so much as acknowledge who God is, but not choose to respond as God would intend uh, and desire for them to do. The Bible tells us there was a response of astonishment, but there was also a response of uh, a sarcasm. 
In verse 3, the Word of God says, Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and of Judah and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. What are they bothered at? Well, they're bothered. Uh, it bothered them that a man from Jesus' background should say or do anything such as he. They knew his family. They knew his his uh, occupational background, that he was a craftsman, that he was a, a, a man who could really build about anything with his hands. Uh, this was not a position of a, of a rabbi and follow, follower disciples. And, and uh, as he was coming and speaking to them as one with authority, uh, they lost all credibility and respect for him. The Bible says in Galatians 6, verse 7, Be not deceived. God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Psalm 74, verse 22, Arise, O God. Plead thine own cause. Remember how the foolish man reproacheth thee daily. Proverbs 3, verse 34, the Bible says, Surely he scorneth the scorners, but he giveth grace unto the lowly. Here we find Jesus uh, in that which they uh, really bring this sarcasm, this mockery to him about, is the fact that he is a carpenter. And boy, when we consider the fact that, that Jesus was a carpenter on our side, it should be a reminder to us of all that God and Jesus has done for us today and what he desires to do. Uh, we think of a, a carpenter, one who, who builds, one who prepares. And, uh, oh, the working of God is still yet the same today of God's building of the church. That we would so um, respond and, and have a response of faith and believe in that God can and will build his church. The church is the body of believers, remember, and not, not the building. And so... The Bible tells us elsewhere in Matthew 16, verse 18, And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. God does the building. Now, sometimes our um, response to the working of God is not that God can bring something that doesn't seem like anything to amount to something. Uh, but with God, all things are, are, are possible. Amen? And nothing is impossible. The Bible tells us Jesus was more than a carpenter, but he was more than just a man. They really just recognized him as, hey, you're not from any credible background. You just come from uh, uh, Mary and Joseph's. This is Mary and Joseph's son. You're, you're no one of significance. They, they failed to recognize that this, yes, was 100% man, Jesus, but this was also the very God himself. You know, uh, may, may it be in our own lives that we don't fail to recognize uh, God for who he is. The Bible tells us that um, he's more than just a man, he is God. Amen? Aren't you thankful that uh, we have a living Savior, that when he shed his blood on the cross and he died for all mankind, he did not remain and stay dead. And the whole reason why he came down to this earth as a man was to take the punishment that we deserve, the punishment of death upon himself. The Bible tells us that uh, there was a response of astonishment, one of sarcasm, and we remind ourselves yet again how our response to God and His Word and, and all that He is can really be one of just, that's not for me. <laughs> what is this? Boy, how true it is that sometimes when God just desires to do a work in our life, to do a mighty work, the Bible says in verse 5, He could there do no mighty work, our simple failure is because of our response of, of an attitude of sarcasm. Uh, maybe the astonishment is about only as far as it gets. Maybe we're not even astonished at it. We just refuse to let it let God work. But we, we see in that conclusion of it, where does all this tie into? It was their disbelief, their unbelief in what 
God could do. They, they limited his power, the Bible tells us. And uh, boy, how we can limit the power of God through a, we say that we might use the word simple, but truthfully, a simple lack of faith. What, what does God require of, of his people in order for him to do a work? Just to believe that he can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think. That uh, he can do um, more than wonderful things in our life. But do we believe that by faith? Could I encourage you, our theme for this year has been diligently seeking the Lord. Uh, it really roots itself right in that very idea of faith. Have you continued to maintain with a heart and a mind of believing God by faith of what he can do, not just in the church, in our ministry, but even in your own life? Maybe there's something that's, that you're going through in your life and, and uh, you, you just need to believe God. <laughs> you just need to rest your faith in him more. If you want God to see, if you want to see God do a mighty work, trust him. Believe him by faith. Don't limit his power. And uh, they, they also closed off his influence. The Bible tells us in verse 5, he could there do no mighty work save that he laid his hands on a few sick folk and healed them. These were the ones who responded as God desired for them to respond. When we talk about God's will for all mankind, it's that we would respond to his word. First, that we would come to a saving knowledge of who he is. Amen. And yet after receiving him, that we would choose to then live by faith and serve him and obey him and allow him to do a work in our life. Could I remind you, God desires to do a mighty work in all of our lives. And that work is defined a little bit differently. Sometimes it's um, more specific in the family, uh, in a family area. Sometimes it roots itself right within the church. But God never stops working. We can't ever conclude that God has stopped. And the moment that we do is when we've concluded that oh, there's nothing good that could ever come of this. Well, no, that's impossible. When we start uh, having a response of, no, this isn't for me. No, I can't do that. No, we've never done that. Oh, this isn't, this isn't something that I'm comfortable with. And our response has become to be that of um, our comforts rather than God's desires. The Bible says um, in Matthew 19, verse 26, with men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Do you believe that with God, all things are possible? If you do, then trust him. Don't limit his work. Maybe you're, you would find yourself as one of those few sick folks, so to speak. You feel like you're kind of standing alone and you're just trying to live for God and you're doing all that you can, but uh, it doesn't seem like you have a lot of support behind you. Don't quit. Stay faithful. Keep your eyes on the Lord. Uh, stay, uh, stay focused on Christ and remembering what he's done for you, remembering what he desires to do for you. Uh, don't quit on him. You know, it's unfortunate to say when we put this in context of the church uh, that you look at uh, the, 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 those that have a genuine desire to step forward and see God work, they're, they're, the numbers usually are very few. It's not just in Community Bible Church. It's in any church. I wonder, maybe you've allowed yourself to step away from being those few that let God work and let God use you to do the work. Could it be that God would... Uh, desire to do something in your life and use you to accomplish his perfect will in your life that you've not allowed him to do. Uh, what is your response to God? 
It begins first by having a relationship with him. If you have a relationship with him, then you're letting his word speak to you. And that response of his word is one of astonishment. Wow, this is for me. But it continues with a proper attitude of, I'm going to obey God. God has clearly brought this to me and to my attention. And by the way, God doesn't do anything by coincidence or by accident. Um, uh, I, I think it's truly amazing uh, in, in a church how that uh, God can be working in my heart about something and it would seem that God's working in many other families about the very same thing. Uh, there's part more reason why we talk about the church as a church family. <laughs> We're going through many, many, and much of the same things. And, and boy, how we need one another as, as believers. But we consider our response to God. Uh, is it one of belief? Have you continued to trust God by faith? Um, you know, we, we've just looked at the uh, life of Daniel these past few weeks and um, a man of faith and who cho chose to trust God and believe that, uh, you know, even in the instance of being thrown into a lion's den, if this is God's will, I'm just going to trust God. And sometimes we're in our own what would seem type of lion's dens <laughs> or fiery furnaces as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Or we're standing before giants in our lives or... Or there's a flood that's coming into our life that we just don't know how to face. And uh, you know, what do we do in all these things? What is our, should our response be to God? One of trust. One of belief. One of belief that God can do the impossible. And remember, God makes all things beautiful in his time. Sometimes uh, it's just a matter of us learning to trust God. That then God can do the work. And uh, don't ever conclude the impossible whether it's in your life and the work of the church here, because when you conclude that something is impossible to be done, then you're limiting the work of God. Lord, we thank you that uh, you uh, speak to us through your word. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to take these things, to apply them to our lives. May we 